We now go into our business wrap uh, on this uh, Monday evening and uh, much of it having to do with uh, the uh, testimony by a former CEO at the PIC and uh, that is uh, Dan Machila, one uh, Dan Machila, Dr. Dan Machila. And uh, of course, uh, much has been made, uh, least of all by um, UDM leader General Bandu Olomisa who was tweeting earlier on that uh, they've been reliably informed there's a secret forensic report that shows that uh, Dr. Dan Machila had received two point, a 2.5 million rand personal loan from uh, the uh, VBS uh, Mutual Bank. And why was this kept under wraps uh, by the PIC board? The inquiry must ask them to report and uh, the plot thickens. And we do know that uh, prior to this, uh, General Bandu Olomisa has uh, certainly kicked up a storm as it relates to the Public Investment Corporation. And uh, there has been uh, even an instance where I think it was uh, Labashe Investments uh, who uh, took them uh, to court to effectively try and gag them. But it's uh, certainly not going to stop uh, one uh, Dr. Dan Machila from uh, coming before uh, the PIC Commission to speak about his role in some of the investment and asset allocation decisions uh, that have been made by the uh, asset manager, Africa's largest asset manager here. And uh, one person who's been following this uh, very closely is Snesipo Maninjwa, uh, independent analyst and uh, market commentator and the CA, uh, who joins me now on the line. Snesipo Unjani. I'm good, and you, Aya? Very well, thank you. Uh, Snesipo, let's maybe start off here. I mean, I was quite interested, and I, I did manage to catch uh, some of the early parts of uh, uh, the testimony of Dr. Dan Machila. But uh, let's maybe speak briefly here about uh, some of the issues that uh, his counsel uh, flagged uh, as the proceeding started, uh, saying that uh, they needed uh, a few more of the documents uh, in order to uh, prepare effectively for Mr. Machila's testimony. He did, of course, continue thereafter, but uh, just paint a picture for us of uh, what uh, that involved and uh, I guess what his lawyer was requesting for. So, uh, I, it's not necessarily his counsel. It is the evidence leader. So they were disappointed that his written statement did not include all the relevant annexures. Mm. So there was, it was short of information. So they said that um, they're not adequately able to prepare to ask him questions okay. and also interrogate some of his statements because they do not have all the information. Mm. So, so he then continued, and uh, I think much of what uh, occurred earlier on was really about uh, him locating himself uh, at the PIC and speaking uh, about uh, how he, he got there. And, uh, of course, much said about secondments, which is uh, something that uh, probably is often not stated about the PIC and how uh, in the early days uh, of uh, the uh, democratic dispensation, how many of uh, uh, the PIC staffers came from the National Treasury and uh, other elements within the Department of Finance. Yes, um, I was actually, I don't know that he was seconded from standard, personally. It was one of those things. I think there was mm. a new discovery from Dr. Dan, because I thought he'd moved originally. So he talks about, um, I think the key aspect of his testimony was specifically about how the PIT came to corporatization. Mm. And what were some of the elements, what were some of the role players initially, because remember, at the time when, when he became cor- corporatized, around 2004, the Auditor General had flagged certain issues, specifically with how the PIC prepares its annual financial statements, and they highlighted a few red flags within specifically the risk, the mm. risk function. So it just took, it was, it was quite interesting in terms of the background and context, um, in terms of how everything literally just came to being and how were are now role players. Mm. Now, one of the things he did mention was, of course, uh, 
I guess uh, the role of uh, Jill Marcus, who's one of the commissioners, uh, who at some point as the Deputy Minister of Finance chaired uh, the PIC board. I'm quite interested in whether or not that uh, does place her in a fix. I think many people are fully aware of uh, her own history uh, within the different elements of the Ministry of Finance. But um, uh, does that in any way, I guess, uh, create a reticence or a reluctance on her part uh, to maybe engage uh, the testimony of uh, one Dr. Dan Machila, which uh, is probably the most uh, highly anticipated, if not uh, the most highly anticipated testimony of this entire commission? Dr. Joe, no. The thing is that she's basically spent her, her professional career and what we know her, her as to be is within the function, the finance function specifically, mm. finance and governance function within the South African legislature. So, you know, if she was there, the thing is that she was there. How much does we are still waiting for? Right now, Dr. Dad hasn't spilled any tea. Mm. He's literally just setting the backdrop. I'm patiently waiting for the tea, personally. Okay, and uh, w- when we take a look, Snezipo, at uh, uh, the um, testimony of uh, Dr. Dan's successor, uh, who also, I guess, uh, got suspended earlier on this year, that's uh, Matsepo More. Uh, any things that uh, Matsepo had said in her testimony that, uh, I guess, effectively are going to require a response here from Dr. Dan uh, or would, uh, I guess, implicate and uh, make uncomfortable the testimony of Dr. Dan Machila? No, it's not just her testimony. There have been several witnesses mm. in the, at the PIC Commission who have sort of implicated Dr. Dan in many questionable transactions. A lot of them stem from the Isibaya Fund. So uh, just to give you a context, Isibaya Fund is a developmental fund within the PIC. Yes. It is the smallest fund that... The biggest issue, which is where the point of contention actually is, is that the fund, in terms of quantum, 46% of the fund is underperforming. Mm, 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 So that means that a lot of the transactions, so where does that 46% come from? Let's go back to uh, the Ascenders Health situation. You have uh, Steinhoff in there. You have so many things in there, like everything that has become a mess has sort of like VBS in there. Mm, there mm, has mm. been, that is the issue is that, and a lot of that, and Dr. Dan has stated that part of the reason why specifically the fund underperformed is literally due to the structure of BE funding. I think me and you, we've been talking about the nature of BE funding, mm. the fact that it does rely on share price uh, appreciation and that you don't really have control. Yeah. So, so I mean, how did Dr. Machila, I guess, outline the impact that that has had uh, on the PIC uh, specifically? Because, uh, I mean, one would think that uh, the PIC effectively emboldens many black entrepreneurs to go out there and, uh, uh, you know, uh, create uh, entities or, or scale certain entities. And uh, one wonders uh, where, of course, the share price performance issue and, uh, I guess, third-party financing uh, come into play there. So, remember, it's the nature of how transactions are structured specifically BE transaction mm. structured. If you look at the SA market, PIC is the only one with a checkbook able to sign some of these transactions. Yes. And a large part of it is the fact that you've got these transactions that are dependent on share price appreciation, whereas the, the entities that you lend to mm. have zero or no control over the outcome. So it, is, it, is, it literally is based on the structure. 
Because remember, a lot of, and also besides the BE deals, there's also the questionable ones like, you know, independent media, IO, SA Home Loans, Daybreak Farms, EcoBank, that exploration company. So, so, so I mean, here's the other question, and uh, I want us maybe we'll touch on the air and energy issue, which is uh, that exploration company. But the EcoBank example is an interesting one for me because uh, we do know that uh, Dr. Dan Machila uh, sits on the board of uh, uh, EcoBank, and much has been made about uh, some of the uh, board fees that he, he racks up there, which uh, uh, one of the uh, earlier. Uh, I guess uh, people who came before the uh, commission to testify indicated that it wasn't in the normal practice of the PIC uh, to collect uh, or for people who are representatives of the PIC on certain boards to collect that money uh, in their personal capacity, but it was often paid to the organization. Yeah. Um, yes. So, so the minimum, that was, it was a point of contention. It is not abnormal. Let's just go into structure mm. for PIC as a major shareholder to sit on the board of or have. Not at all. No, no, no. Not at not, all. Yeah. Not, there's nothing abnormal mm. about them. The abnormal aspect is usually if someone sits on the board, they get to earn the fees because effectively it's their time. Mm. But the way that PIC is structured, the mechanics are that the board fees are paid into the organization, not necessarily to the individual, because you're acting as sort of a proxy. Okay. However, the EcoBank one, yo, I saw those fees, and yay, guys. Be Marlene, be Marlene. Dude, people will pick up like 100,000 US dollars. Sandry allowance a of meeting. three thousand, twenty thousand to purchase first class air tickets. Make me mind shame. Wait, I don't hundred thousand dollars a meeting. <laughs> but be that as it may. You must need supreme. Hundred thousand dollars a meeting. No, not per meeting. Oh, you, you, not per meeting. Per annum, I don't. Comrade, comrade, please. The other thing I want us to talk about briefly. I mean, uh, we know he started today. And a, and, a, and a lot about today was about laying out the scene and uh, indicating, of course, some of the big issues that uh, are set to come here. Well, what are the big, uh, I guess, uh, revelations that all of us uh, ought to be expecting? Or maybe put differently, what are the big things that uh, uh, Dr. Dan uh, has to answer for? We've mentioned the one EcoBank issue, but uh, I guess also this issue of um, you know a collapse in function between the CEO and the chief investment officer also uh, might be something that uh, he might have to account for. I think he has to account for them. For me, I still I believe that the board and ultimately the shareholder mm. needs to account for that. Because for me, if you make the CEO, um, can, you can merge it to the CIO function. That is a function of governance structure. The, the next person you appoint post Dr. Dan will be in the same position. Mm. So for me, they need they need to be a change from a board level driven primarily by the underlying shareholder, which is they need to be a relook in terms of the structure because what this commission has revealed is that the governance framework and the accountability framework, specifically within the public investment corporation, is not where it should be. There are better models, and that should be part of the key, I think, action points for the commission, mm-hmm. is that there needs to be a relook of the governance framework because... What has happened is that you now accept through the same structure, like I said, nothing's going to change if whoever becomes the CEO becomes permanent CEO. The issue is that we need to look at curbing the powers and changing the, the, the framework. 
And when you say the frameworks, Nesipo, I mean, what do you mean? Are you talking about the delegation of authority, power and functions between the board uh, and, of course, uh, the board chaired by, um, as as per tradition, uh, chaired by the Deputy Minister of Finance and the Executive Committee? Yes, I do think there needs to be a relook. Personally, I don't have an issue with the Deputy Finance Minister having a seat. Mm. But being a chair, the overarching responsibility of chair, because of political, we've been through a presidency where we've had quite a few changes in the finance function specifically. So for me, having a chair and having to go re-go through the chairman process is not efficient because we can't be sure that the current deputy finance minister is still going to be around a year from now. We yeah, don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah. factions, deltas in this, uh, like, you don't know if that's going to happen. Mm. But what we can do is, like I said, I believe there should be a board seat. I think within the PIC function, there has been too much concentration of power. That's why I say mm. there needs to be a relook in the, in the governance structure because the concentration of power makes it possible for the CEO to interfere in the detail of the transactions. Yeah. What, what, what do you think about representation of uh, some of the worker representatives there who um, for many years now have been calling for a representation in the asset manager that effectively manages workers' funds? Hey, guys. Okay, so I'm going to be controversial here. As much as we might say the workers, I, I, I see the theory, I see it principally. However... For me, it boils down to the EDCON transaction. How PIC was forced to do that transaction by the union because they all cried job losses. My issue of well, and the UIF also has been union, dragged. No, 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 not no, kicking no. and screaming. I no, guess, no, no, but yeah. no, 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 Ayabonga. The problem with the union representatives is that when it comes boils down to time to make a commercial decision, they will choose a socialist decision which mm. will not be within the investment Stay mandate. Simple. Edcon, wait, wait, pause there, pause there for a second. Edcon, Grant Patterson um, goes to the UIF and he says, look, uh, if you guys don't bail us out here, uh, you're more likely to get more and more people claiming on your fund. And uh, I wonder if indeed uh, that would qualify as a socialist decision there, which was largely made, as you correctly said, at the behest of uh, many in uh, SAC2 and some of the other unions. Shonda Ayabonga, EdCon as a business model is not going to turn around. What they're doing is delaying the inevitable. La Mali that they gave to EdCon could have been used more efficiently somewhere else. Wait. There will not be any... Re- no, Ayabonga, let mm. set the numbers up. Like, as much as... This is the issue of putting union members. Union members, when it comes to making a commercial investment decision, I'm asking you to look at not just the small subsect of workers that you represent. Think of the fact that the PIC, the UIF specifically, is has millions of other members that needs to be sure that their funds are taken care of, that their funds are growing. So why but is Nessie, but you're not you're not hearing my point. My point is that you would have had uh, a situation where many people make a claim on the UIF if indeed the UIF didn't invest there. So, yes, of course, it's uh, delaying the inevitable, but I think one would think, you know, a public sector fund like the PIC ought not to just have uh, the commercial uh, uh, the commercial rationale. Alone, I, I should say, yeah. They're delaying the inevitable. If this was made... The thing is that, Ayabonga, the minute you start making one decision like that, what's to say 
the thing is that they set a dangerous precedent, and this is where I disagree with the union. They set a dangerous motion that says you can mess up your business and then cry job losses. And the public sector servants, including private sector servants, who each month put in their UIF claims, UIF, um, UIF um, deductions, you are saying mm. to them, you are saying to them that we are going to put your money at risk. It's, it's easy to say when things are going well that no, it's not a danger. But if you do a perpetual, that's why I'm against unions there, because when it comes to a commercial investment hmm. framework, they will not be able to make that decision. Okay. And Snezzable. Simple as that. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. I also think, I guess, uh, let me not hold the can here for Edcon, because uh, Grant Patterson is not uh, paying me to do anything. So uh, I said no, also, we are Kyla. Kyla. We are I certainly... I certainly agree with you. I certainly agree that uh, their business model is done with. I think that departmental store model in South Africa is uh, all but dead in the water. But um, uh, I certainly have a different view when it comes to a union representation uh, in a asset manager that primarily uh, manages the funds of working people. But uh, we'll have to maybe pause there on that one. But um, uh, just a last question on my end uh, as we wrap up here. Inquiry has probably heard from about 70 witnesses or so, many of them, uh, I guess, uh, outlining the role uh, that uh, Dr. Dan Machila played in approving questionable deals. Do we anticipate uh, over the next few days or so that a lot of the uh, questions that are going to be posed to him have to do with some of those uh, respective deals? And uh, he has come out denying this, but um, uh, effectively, I mean, from what you see at this point in time, uh, did he have a role in some of these deals and uh, how is he going to respond to this? No, I... I genuinely believe I'm waiting for Dr. Dan to spill the tea. That's why I say I'm waiting for him to spill the tea. Because I refuse to believe that he single-handedly, if Dr. Dan says there's no one else was involved. Mm, mm. I think there's so much more that we're, we're, we have yet to actually uncover. Because <laughs> you must believe, you have to understand, so Dr. Dan signs a deal yet. But it's still, it needs to go to investment committee. It needs to go first past the manager. It is a political investment committee. Then it needs to go to a board. That's just the steps in the investment process. Sure. So you can't say, yeah, now he single-handedly took all of them through. No, no, no. <laughs> You've got, like, once you appreciate, I think, I think it's because I appreciate the, an investment process from commencement. Who did the introduction? Did Dr. Dan say, did Dr. Dan write the paper, investment paper? Dr. Dan did no such thing of Balea investment paper. No Balea investment paper. Stasibot, we'll have to leave it there, and I certainly, uh, in the way that you explain it, uh, can already anticipate that uh, there will be some mud flying around and touching some highly placed uh, political people. We do know, of course, that uh, someone like Mondli Kungubele, uh, probably uh, this PIC debacle cost him uh, uh, the uh, chance to continue in the Ministry of Finance, but um, that's all of us in the realm of speculation, and we'll have to leave it there. Uh, uh, Stasibot, thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. We need to finish that convo when I thought it's union. Ah, ah. Over their money. They must have representatives who look over their money. Not that, of course, that is going to change anything. I mean, ask me, so many of the unionists who've uh, sat on the IDC. And what has that done to industrial financing? But just Nezibo, uh, let's leave it I there. Disagree, uni- let's leave IDC. it there. <laughs> let's leave Fosco, it there. I'm just going to say one company. Fosco score metals. Aish. Aish. Why are we real set and we fertilize? Talking about fertilizers, Nezibo, before you go, Omnia, rights issue, $2 billion, close on their market capitalization. What's happening there? 
honestly, Omnia, like, yeah, Omnia, there, I feel that there's so much we don't know. Ish. I feel that there's proper, proper things have been going down by Omnia. And it's, it's, it's the beginning of the end. For me, why? For me, if I'm a shareholder, for me to participate in a right offer, mm. I need to understand that I'm getting value. So how am I getting value if there are losses and there's a spike of debt? Um, we don't know assets. what's going on. Huh? We don't dead know what's assets. going on. The management is inconsistent mm. with their messaging. Once you're inconsistent with your messaging, there's a problem. Drop the mic there, Nesip. Drop the mic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dinjalo, Chomyam. <laughs>